Hello and welcome to the Energy Aspects podcast. Sweet crews are in a tough spot, in surplus partly thanks to growing US supplies. This is set to be compounded further by OPEC's production cuts, which are likely to focus on medium and sour grades. In this episode, we hear from Amrita Sen, our chief oil analyst, and Dominic Hayward, North American oil analyst, as they detail key themes covered in some of the chapters in our World in Oil 2017 report. Crude Differentials, the secret adversary. OPEC's production cuts will mainly focus on medium and heavy sour crudes. What we've already seen in the rebalancing of the oil market in 2016 is that of the 900,000 million barrels per day of non-OPEC supply declines, 60% of that came from medium and heavier grades. So OPEC's cuts in many ways will just aggravate that situation. And so the medium grades and medium sour grades will get a lot tighter. And this will be reflected across the world. Uh, And lighter crudes will remain in surplus simply because US supplies are growing again this year as per our expectations. And that's all light sweet crude. The issue is compounded further by the fact that fuel oil is extremely strong, partly because of falling uh, refinery runs in Russia and in Latin America. But at the same time, NAFTA and the prognosis for NAFTA is extremely weak because we have so much new condensate splitters starting up and we have just too much of even LPG production and NGLs production that will keep NAFTA in in surplus together with gasoline spec changes, which effectively reduces the amount of naphtha that one needs to use for blending, this makes for a really tough time for lighter crudes. Also, from OPEC's point of view, if we think about the cuts, the cuts are coming from GCC countries, whereas the countries that have been exempt are Libya and Nigeria, both of whom are producers of light sweet crude. One may argue that the political backdrop in neither of these countries is actually particularly positive. In fact, if anything, the start of the year has really seen a significant worsening in the backdrop in Nigeria, which does put supplies there at risk. But there is more that could impact light crudes, causing further pressure. However, were there not to be any disruptions, light crude production from Libya, which is already rising, and Nigeria, could actually add to the surplus of lighter grades. So we have this problem where even though the global rebalancing is taking place and you're going to start seeing stock draws across the board uh, from April onwards, and, but it's going to be very biased towards medium and heavy sour grades. This means that backwardation in crude grades is likely to only come through in the medium grades first. It will take a little bit longer for this to manifest itself in futures contracts such as Brent, which tends to be lighter and sweeter. And particularly given all the problems with the new Brent expiry, it's also complicating matters, which effectively means the backwardation could be delayed. We therefore expect backwardation to only kick in towards the end of the summer and really into the end of third quarter for key benchmarks over here. And the discrepancy between mediums and lights would probably be felt the most in North America. The question of the Brent expiry and backwardation is a complex one. As Amrita explains. Under the new 
uh, expiry mechanism that came into force since last year in a contango market uh, because of the the way the month is structured effectively it's double the contango than it would have been in the previous expiry so if the previous uh, if, if under the previous mechanism it was 60 cents contango now it's almost going to be 120 obviously all else held equal so it's never going to be perfect but the point being it's going to be double and in backwardation it's also going to be the opposite but it's going to be even more backwardated. So I think it will create some distortion. So when Brent does flip into backwardation, you are going to get far steeper backwardation than we're used to because of the way the mechanism works. Essentially, in the past, Brent used to expire mid-month, which meant that you only needed to take into account half of the month's cargoes in the futures contract. Right now, it's expiring at the end of the month, which means you need to take into account the full month's contract. At the moment, the market is heavily focused on things like floating storage and freight rates. What does that coming backwardation mean for these market aspects in general in 2017? One of the key things we are going to start seeing as the curve flattens out is the, the huge amount of floating storage that's still there in the market focusing on this will be unwound. We are already starting to see a little bit of that, the peak of floating storage, uh, which was almost 60 to 80 million barrels around April of last year, has already gone down quite significantly. It's around 25 to 30 million barrels right now. There are still pockets of weakness, like Brent curve at the very front is still very weak. It does allow for some floating of North Sea barrels. But as the curve starts flattening, you will see more of that being unwound, which has a negative impact on very short-term balances because you're essentially taking out crude which has been locked away and you're putting it back into the system so that can also weigh back on prompt spreads. Remember the move towards backwardation is never a straight line. The curve will flatten, you're going to get crude out of floating storage which will put pressure on the curve again. So It's going to oscillate a fair bit until we've run down all this floating storage and then Will it move into sustained liquidation. In terms of freight rates, I think the bigger problem for freight rates is a huge number of VLCCs that are supposed to hit the market uh, come this year. And I think that's going to keep the pressure on freight rates intact for most of the year. There's also a view in the market that OPEC cuts are generally negative for freight rates because you do see uh, fewer volumes being exported. I will only caution a little bit on this is in theory, OPEC producers could just do cuts on operational tolerance. And if they did that, then you could still load equal amounts of vessels, but just load them less. So you may not get as negative an impact on freight from that. But still, either way, given if you're going to get a decline in floating storage and all the new vessels being added, the prognosis for freight is clearly quite negative for the year. Dominic Hayward tells us more. So the tighter, heavier, medium crude outlook globally has important implications for US Gulf Coast supply and demand balances, particularly net imports. Tighter light heavies mean less imports and higher domestic crude runs. However, it's not that simple. There are three elements that drive a refiner's decision to switch its crude slate. Cracks, refinery configuration and term deals into the plant. And these three things at the moment support heavy crude runs, even though the economics of running heavy crude have deteriorated somewhat. 
As mentioned earlier, we have cracks, crack strength in fuel oil and distillates, so that incentivizes a refiner to run more heavy crude. We have refinery configurations on the Gulf Coast that are heavily weighted towards high complexity upgrading and conversion. Again, that incentivizes heavy crude runs. And we have term deals going into the Gulf Coast from heavy crude producers such as Pedveza, Pemex, and into the Midcon from Husky and from Exxon. So those three things will somewhat limit the appetite for switching in the Gulf Coast. And it makes it even more difficult for light sweet crews to displace heavy crudes in CDUs. This means that light sweet crudes are also going to have to discount versus international light sweet grades to clear, as all of the production growth we expect in the Permian cannot simply be shoved into Gulf Coast units. But if US crude needs to clear internationally, what does this mean for WTI Brent spreads? Ultimately, this means that WTI Brent spread has to stay weak to allow US production growth to clear into international markets. With 300,000 barrels per day of growth in the Permian alone, and most Permian pipelines direct to the Gulf Coast, clearly pressure is going to mount and there is going to be an incentive to clear this material into export markets. Indeed, there are a lot of logistical additions that have occurred over the course of Q416 that are going to help this to happen. Secondly, we have 250,000 barrels per day of growth from Canada this year. This is also going to need to be absorbed by the US market. And again, it will not be absorbed by higher runs alone. It has to substitute an alternative barrel in a CDU. Finally, we have the question of the Dakota Access Pipeline. This also has important implications for crude oil exports from the US and imports into coastal markets too. Ultimately, we think the pipeline gets built and Donald Trump pushes it through upon his inauguration. However, there are going to be delays. It takes around three months from the date of uh, granting a permit for the pipeline to be fully constructed. So we expect to start up of perhaps H2 or late Q2. Ultimately, it's going to make the US Midcon longer light sweet crude, which again incentivizes producers to export Midland and LLS, simply because these barrels will no longer be needed in the Midcon due to the amount of Bakken crude that is entering that market. So again, this points to more exports of US crude in 2017. Although flexibility of refineries will absorb a significant amount, they're not able to absorb it all, and export markets are going to need to meet the rest of that demand. So there you have it. The US market needs to export to clear its abundance of light sweets. And with the OPEC cuts set to focus more on medium and heavy sour crudes, this market will tighten further thanks to the demand from Chinese refiners and also from SPR filling. But narrower light heavy spreads will incentivize switching where possible. That's all for this episode and thank you for listening in.